Let's turn in our Bibles to um, Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. How many of you had a good Christmas? All right. How many of you already celebrated Christmas? I say that because we haven't celebrated Christmas yet. So I know as a child, do you remember having all those gifts out? And then they're open and then it's over. Anybody ever feel that way? You know, I as an adult feel that way sometimes. And so um, we, we still have Christmas, so don't, we're not doing ours until um, our little hoodlum comes with us. And she's going to be here on Friday. And if you don't like the weather today, just wait till Thursday or Friday. It's supposed to be 63 degrees. All right, so no more snowmen at that point. But um, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read a couple of verses in, in all of them. Can you put that up for me, brother? Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. Um, and we're going to get right into it. Let's go ahead and stand. And we're going to read about five verses in Luke and about five verses in Matthew. This is somewhat of a Christmas message at the beginning and at the end. But until we get there, you're just going to have to follow along with me. In Luke um, chapter 2 and verse number 15, it says... Um, and it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all this that they heard, it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And verse number 20 is the one we'll look at in just a little bit. It says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse number 9. And we'll go to read till 14. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, it says, When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his, his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should, be, they should not return to Herod, they departed into our, their own country another way. And when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, from Her for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. That, that's almost an understatement of what he, what he did. He, he was destroying every child. That's an amazing statement. Look at verse number 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his Mary by night, and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt. We are going to be going into our theme next year is make room in 2021. You know, there's a lot of things going on in our life. It's a weird, weird world right now we live in, amen? And so we're going to talk about 2021, and we'll talk about resolutions and stuff like that, and um, I'd rather you ha stick to a resolution than make than not than just don't make one if you're not going to stick to it. Um, I think there's no more frustrating thing that you say you're going to do something and you don't do it. And so we need to make sure we stick to it. But we're going to talk about some things in our lives today that kind of parallels is going to go into a, a two-week series. And next week we'll we'll go over really what we talk about making. We've got a gift for you next week. It's going to be a weird gift. I guarantee you've probably never gotten one of these at church. 
So you need to make sure you come back. What is it, you might ask? Well, you have to come back next week and find out what it is, all right? But we're going to talk about this. When, when, when you look at this, a decision. What do decisions do? You know, if I make a decision, what happens? Or if, or if you make a decision, what happens? Or if we make a decision as a group, what happens? Some people say, well, it's just a small decision. Small decisions can really affect everybody, can they not? I mean, I, I look at some decisions that I've made. They're good decisions. I've looked at some bad decisions that I've, I've made. How many of you ever bought a vehicle that you didn't, you, you probably, after you got done, thought, you yeah, know, I probably shouldn't have bought that. Anybody ever done that? Okay. I'm going to tell on myself because I bought a vehicle I shouldn't have probably bought. And when I, when I say one word, you'll know why I have a Hummer because I had this car and it kind of made me feel terrible. It was a Geo Tracker. How many of you know what a Geo Tracker is? You don't see those. Are, who's laughing over there? All right. Um, uh, Geo Tracker. And plus, it was white and it had the, the, the rag top off of it and. Um, there's a couple other things. I just don't want to show my stupidity with the whole thing. But we, we bought this thing, and then we tried to sell it. I know why the other guy had a long, hard time selling the GeoTracker to us. And so, but we've all made decisions, and those can affect you along the way. But when we're looking at decisions, I want you to see this. Deci decisions will set something. They'll set something, and sometimes they cannot be reversed. What are those things they set? They set a direction. And so that direction can really influence your whole life. So you've got to be very careful with your decisions. You say, what does that have to do with Christmas? You'll have to wait till the very end. We just read about the shepherds. We just read about the wise men. And some of their decisions were great decisions. And they had to make decisions along the way to get where they are. But now we're sitting in, in this story and it's decisions set directions. How many of you ever traveled somewhere and turned the wrong way? How long did it take you to realize that your decision might cost you hours? Man, you never admit it. The problem with women is they'll admit it. Men, they'll keep driving. We'll figure out a way. Now it's a little bit easy, a little bit harder to do that because this, the word recalculating. You know what I'm talking about? Recalculating. I've, I've, I've recalculated sometimes and my little car is in, the, in, a, in a place where there's no street. It's showing, I'm like, I'm in the middle of that screen. I have no idea what's going on. And then have you ever been in a very bad location and lost, lost where you're at? You know, decisions will make you who you are. You made a decision this morning. You made a decision, I'm going to come to church. You made a decision on the clothes that you wear. Hopefully you made all the right decision on brushing your teeth. As we go through all these things, these decisions we make, what's 2021 going to be to you? 2021 used to scare me. I'm not scared of 2021. God knows what He's doing. But I've got to make the right decisions. Now, I'm going to tell you my little thought process, and this is not preaching, this is my own personal opinion about COVID, and I'm going to tell you what I think about COVID. I think you should be very cautious of it. I think you should wear a mask if you can, but I want you to be consistent on your thought process, and I'm talking to the choir in here today. 
When you you do a study and you find out how many people have dropped out of church because of COVID-19, it's amazing. It is amazing. And then they'll say, well, you can get it at church. Please tell me, someone in here, how you get COVID. Because I don't know. Do you get it from air? Do you get it from touch? I don't know. You know, we have, we have doctors that are supposedly famous that'll tell you to wear your mask, not wear your mask, wear your mask, not wear your mask. They have no idea. Now, there's a different strand coming out. For you visiting in here, if I get COVID, it's a death sentence, they told me. I have a heart issue that I have to be very careful with it. So every time I come to church, you know what I'm illustrating? Faith. And then I hear people say, well, I can't come to church, but I can go everywhere else. Really? Where's the consistency with that? I'll give you an illustration for me with Walmart. I went to Walmart one day, and my wife likes one type of the vegetable peas. It's lassure peas. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Now, I know French a little bit. La means the, and sewer probably means sewer. So, peas from the sewer. I don't know why she likes those, but she likes those. And I went into the store one day, and I, and I was, I was going to get one can, and they had a whole box full of them. That's all they had. I, th- I think there may be probably 20 in there. And I watched the lady in front of me cough and hack had her mask down below her chin, and she touched every can. She'd look at it, stick it back. <coughs> she put them all back in. I finally had enough of it. I said, what are you looking for? I'm not even a Walmart employee. What are you looking for? I want the ones that have onions in them. I was like, I don't know if they even make those. And so she walked off. Well, being a, a loving husband... I got those Lasura peas, but you know what I did? I doused my, this is a plug in for you, Josh. Josh gave me this stuff. I sprayed this stuff all over my hands. And I grabbed that can. And then I held the can and sprayed the can with the stuff and put it in. Now, the problem lies here. If I would have showed up three minutes later, I would have never known what that lady did. Never. I just, I just can't even comprehend the contamination that she did to that. And only God knows what she touched in Walmart. See, we've got to be consistent. If, if there's ever a time in this world, in America, that we need the church and we need Jesus, it's now. And we'll forsake the church. And I know there's people here that are listening online. If you have a health issue... I don't have a problem with you not coming. I want you to listen online. If you're up in age and, and you just don't feel safe being in a, I understand that. But let's be consistent all the way across the board with this. Amen. Then I hear people say, well, I don't get my own groceries. I'll be very, very frank with you. I'd rather get my own groceries than have a total stranger pick my groceries. <coughs> I walked around and I saw some of those people not wearing gloves. And some of them, you're gonna, it's going to shock you, some of them are not the cleanest people either. Amen? I think the Cowdens are a lot cleaner in here than they are at Walmart. You say, why are you saying all this? Because you've got to make a decision in 2021 what you're going to do. 
I don't know how you get it. I don't want anybody to get it. When I heard your brother got it, I instantly prayed for him. You know, I know of churches that have had 150 people get sick. I know of another church that has over 75, another that has 30. And I don't wish that upon anybody. That's why I'm more cautious. And I'm not more cautious because of what happened, what would happen with me. I'm just more cautious because you, because I don't want the responsibility of, of, of saying, Bobby, she, your wife got it because she was at church. And I live what I'm saying to you. I won't see my daughter for another year, possibly. It is what it is. But you've got you've to be consistent with it, and God needs to see it. I wonder how many times God looks down and goes, okay, let's just see who's faithful to church today. And I'm not running the ones that are not here today because the temperature's totally different too. I mean, I drove over here yesterday, and it was ice everywhere. And I mean, I had an icicle on my dog barn. It probably was about three or four foot long. I thought if that fell off, that'd kill one of my dogs. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now. If you don't like the weather here, just wait a couple days. It'll change. I love Tennessee. But as we look at this, let's be consistent. America needs us to be consistent because people are looking for a hope. And you have it. We need to make sure we do that. So we're going to look at a story in the Bible. How many of you ever heard this statement? A certain man had two sons. Okay, let's turn to it. And let's see what it says. I want you to turn into Luke chapter 15. Now, my personal opinion, you've heard me say this before. When I hear this story and Jesus is saying a certain man had two sons, I believe he's telling a story about a certain family. I don't think it's a parable. There's some applications to it, but he talks about a certain man. He didn't say a man had two sons. He said a certain man had two sons. And so we're going to look at this, but look at the story. There are, you know the story. It's the prodigal son. There are two decisions made. And then there's two directions made. And they're really different, but then at the very end, they're really not. But we've got to see in 2021 what we're going to do. So let's look at this story. A lot of verses in this story, but for sake of time, I'm not going to read all of them. But I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to look at 11 where it starts. And it says, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to, falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And so we're going to break this story down. I'm going to give you a couple aspects of this story. And then we're going to look at another story, and then we'll be done. But the first one is, good or bad, we make decisions that set our direction. Amen. You know, good or bad, those decisions you've got to live with. Amen. We're talking about resolutions. Is it a good thing to exercise? Absolutely. Is it a good thing to eat more fruit? Absolutely. Is it a good thing to eat a cake that my wife made in three days? Probably not a good thing. But it sure was good to me. And I say that and I don't want to look at the cadence because I'm working on my, my glucose level. But that starts after the new year. Amen. So, good or bad, we make decisions that set our direction. Which one would you rather choose? Would you rather choose a good, good decision or would you rather choose a bad decision? Let's look at some of the decisions this young man makes as, as we get through this. Um, Good or bad, here's, here's a decision. Let's look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 12. It says, And the young man, we just read it, and younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided 
unto him his living. Now, you know, he wanted his money. He wanted what he thought was his. But it was a bad situation. It was a bad decision. And I want to say this too. It was a bad decision on the father. He didn't have to give it to him. In fact, that was not how they did it. The other son did everything that he was supposed to. He stayed there. He worked. He did all these other things. And so it was a bad decision. So let's look at the next one. Go to verse number 15 and 16. Same story. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country that he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swines did eat, and no man gave unto him. How many of you ever seen a pig eat? You ever seen what they can feed a pig? They will eat anything. Can you imagine trying to sort your meal out of their food? See, where his decision sent him to was not a good decision. Did you see what he lost in verse number 15? He lost his citizenship. And it, it kind of reads different too, because read that verse again. In verse number 15, it says, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And what's the next word? He. I, I would think that this was probably a government official at some point. And he sent, the person that he got a citizenship, sent him into the fields to feed swine, and would they fain have filled his belly with the husk, and that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. So you say, there was no second option. He was going to eat what the pigs eat. And really, a person's stomach can't do what a pig can do. Right? If you ate some of that, how would you feel? I used to watch that show, Fear Factor, and, and it used to drive me crazy with some of the things they would eat. And then I, I just decided, why am I watching this? Because it disgusts me every time I see what they're going to eat. And then you got these guys that would eat anything. My, my, my son-in-law, and if you're visiting, I have a hoodlum. She's, nine, she's, she's six years old, is that right? Five years old, I knew that. Um, she, we call her the hoodlum because she just, she, she just cracks me up. She does a lot of things. It's her only grandchild. And um, the other day, we, well, probably about a year or so, we went out to eat with them, and they went to a restaurant, and they ate calamari. And her dad was eating calamari. I won't eat that. I'm sorry. And it was fried. Was it fried calamari? Where it had little, like, little tentacles sticking everywhere. And so here's this little four-year-old, and they hand her a calamari. And she's still in her little chair, and she takes it and puts it in her mouth. See, so I about was gagging, looking at her. Because what was happening is one of the, I don't know if it's a tentacle or a leg, was sticking out of her mouth while she's chewing it. And I, that just disgusted me. And then, she, and then he took it, I remember James taking it and put that little whatever that thing is, and stuck it in her mouth, and she ate it. And I thought, okay, that's enough. And sure enough, James gives her another one. Do you like that? And you could tell, you could tell on a child's face if they like something. You don't have to ask them. No, she didn't like it. They kept feeding it to her. She eats everything that they eat. I'm not a big sushi fan. Anybody a sushi fan in here? Who likes sushi? I can't eat sushi. She eats sushi. I just, to me, it just bothers me. If I couldn't eat that, can you imagine me trying to eat with the pigs? Would you want to? 
He had to make a decision. And it was a bad decision that he got there, but it's a good decision that he, he makes at the very end. Look at the last story in this, in this. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 through 20. It says this. It says in verse number 17, And when he had come to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He had the right attitude, finally. And I am no worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired service. And he arose and came to his father. That was a good decision. Amen. But there will be penalty to be paid for his bad decisions. Amen. When we make a bad decision, sometimes we have to pay the price. We have so many people making bad decisions. And it's like we're jumping out of a building and you're jumping out of a six-story building and you get about to the third floor and you want to say you're sorry and everything's going to be okay. That's not how it works. Amen. We have a God that's a righteous God. We have a God that's a ju just God. He knows he's going, to, he's going to protect what he believes and he's not going to change his ways with stuff like this. And here you have this son. He finally makes the right decision. So good or bad, we need to make the right decision. Now look at this, short-term or long-term. Some of our decisions might be short-term. How many of you are going to go out to eat after this? Anybody going to eat at home? You already made a decision of what you're going to eat at home. It's a short-term decision. But then there's a long-term decisions, and short-term and long-term decisions, we make decisions that set our direction Amen. on that. So let's look at some short-term things he, he does here. And, and when I read this, it, you know, I've been reading this story quite a bit this week. And as, as I was reading this, look, go back to verse number 12 and 13. Something interesting hit me when I was studying this. Look at verse number 12. It says in this, it says, and the, young, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Look at the next verse. It says this. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together. I wonder what the father was thinking in this short-term decision. Is he going to stay or is he going to leave? He didn't just grab his stuff and take off. I think there was some planning involved with it. I never read that in there. I never even thought about that aspect of it. But here he's got, he's got a plan of what he's doing. He takes the money and in a few days he leaves. Maybe he had to get some things together. I don't know. But he had to make decisions along the way. And I think it was a sad day that the father saw his son leaving with the decision that he made. Amen. And so let's look at the other one. Go to Luke chapter 15, verse 17 and 18. Verse number 17 and 18, we've already read, but it says, And when he had came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of thy fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I don't know how long it took for him to get from point A to this point. But he had wasted all the money that he had gotten as an inheritance. He had lost his um, citizenship. He was eating with pigs. I don't know how long it takes. Some people it takes a lot longer to get to this point. Some people when they do something wrong, they declare it and they get back on track. I don't know how long this guy was there. But I do know it was either short term or long term. And when I was looking at it, I thought, man, he, he made some bad decisions. We don't know how long it took for him to do this. I think it was long term. I think it took him a while. 
And so we have a short-term, long-term, we have good or bad. We've got to make sure we understand this. And then the, the last part, part with this I want you to look at, and it says this, sometimes God gives us a second chance. Amen. Aren't you thankful for second chances? Amen. Remember that statement. It says, a certain man had two sons. Do you realize the Bible says that twice? There are two stories in the Bible where Jesus says this. Most of them we always remember... When I said that, how many of you thought of the prodigal son? There's another story in the Bible where Jesus says the same thing. Let's look at it. It's found in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Sometimes we make a decision and we get a second chance on it. Matthew chapter 21, it's a very short story. In verse number 28, it says this. It says, but, but what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and went. Keep reading. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. All right, so now you're, you look at the next part. It says, Whether them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him, The first Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Wow, that's a statement to say to him. That's a big statement to say to him. But here's a second chance with this. The second chance is in verse number 29. He, was told, he, he told his dad, he goes, I'm not going to go, but then he ends up going. You ever made a harsh statement and then thought, no, it's probably not the right decision. Amen. And then you changed your decision? Men in here, or, or even ladies in here, how many of you ever had car fever? You know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you had car fever. There's like five of us telling the truth in here. And I start, yeah, Brand, I should see you over there, yeah. I think your wife's raising her hand in the nursery on this thing. But as, as, as I look at this, we all have car fever. You know what that is? When you think you need a new car. And maybe you don't need one. Well, you might need one. But then I start getting car fever. You know what? You know what breaks my car fever? The payments when I calculate them. Amen? You might laugh. My cars, I like my cars. They're older cars. But they're paid for, praise God. Sometimes we don't get a second chance. But God is a God of second chances. Amen. The Bible says what? A just man falleth what? Seven times. What makes him just that he gets back up? So we've got to make some decisions. There were two decisions with the first boys and two different answers with them. And so I want to point out this and we're almost done. I want you to go back to um, Matthew. And we're going to look at the story one more time. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. No, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 2. Um, Luke chapter 15. What am I saying? Luke chapter 15. Sorry. Luke chapter 15. Going back to the story of the prodigal son. You know what I love about, about God? Is the application of what the father is to the son as the heavenly father is to me. Amen. Sometimes we fail to realize what God really is. There's three things we're going to look at real quick, and then we're almost done. I want you to see this. Number one, God is always watching. You know, when you look at Luke chapter 15, look at 17 through 20. This just amazes me how God cares for his own. 
It's a story and an application of who God is. And it says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. I think he had the right spirit right there. He made a wrong decision and now he's making it right. But watch how much God loves him. Read verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Now, I want to tell you, the boy that walked out, the boy that's walking to are two different people. The boy that walked out had confidence. The boy that comes home does not have confidence. I can almost see the tilt of his head. When he walks out, he's got everything. He's got all the money. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to have a good time, and I'm going to prove people wrong. When he walked back, he was dressed in not the same clothes. If they were, they were tattered and torn, and he's walking with his head down. But somehow, the father looked out there, and he saw the walk of his son. He knew who he was. He was watching for him. Aren't you thankful that God watches you? All those times you've done something and maybe tripped and fallen. What's the first thing that you do? You look to see if anybody saw you. You ever done that? Well, God saw you and he probably chuckled about it. You know, God watches over us, sees what we need all along. Here, he saw his son coming back. Not only does God watch, but look at the next one. God forgives. Look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 22. 22 says, but the father said, after he says, listen, I'm not willing to be your, your son. I'm not, willing to be, I'm not worthy to be your son. And verse number 22 says, but the, father, but the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Wow. That's signifying, what you, if you're not realizing what that's doing, that's signifying that that's my son. Aren't you glad for God's forgiveness? Amen. I love those stories in the Bible where it says, listen, you didn't sin against me. You sinned against God. I remember one time I was out golfing with somebody, and sometimes you just they'll, they'll put you with people you don't know if you've ever golfed in here. And I was with somebody, and, and I mean, the first two, three holes... I mean, he was cussing like a sailor. And I, it just really irritated me. He, he'd cuss on a good hit. I was like, I'd be praising the Lord for it. So finally, you know what I decided? I'm just going to say praise the Lord somewhere in this conversation. All you got to do is say praise the Lord sometime, even if it's something bad. Praise the Lord. And he looked at me. He said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm an assistant pastor at such and such church. I tell you something, his whole demeanor changed. For the next three holes, he said nothing to me. Finally, I remember we were waiting for another group to go off, and we were sitting underneath a tree. And he looked at me and he goes, I need to say something to you. <laughs> and you know what? I knew what he was going to say, Josh, but I wanted him to say it anyway. That's just kind of my warped sense of humor. And so I was like, what is it? He said, I need to apologize to you. I said, what'd you do last hole? I wanted him to make sure he confessed to what he did. I was his priest at that point. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. But I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I said some really bad words in front of you. I should have never said those. 
You know what my next question was? Do you go to church anywhere? You know what he should have said? No. That's not what he said. He said, yeah, I go to such and such. Well, I knew some people in that church. Then he said, listen, he goes, I need to apologize to you. Brandon, I looked at him right square in the face. I said, listen, you don't need to apologize to me. You need to apologize to your God. Because your language was terrible. You know? I didn't hear much more from him the whole, the whole day. I mean, he said a few things, not bad words anymore. And, it, and if it did slip out, he was a, very apologetic. But you know what that told me? That that was a part of his being. That was a decision he made, Amen. and that's who he was. My father-in-law teases me about horn cussing. Horn cussing is when someone's driving and they do something wrong to you and you just tap the horn to tell them. It's my right to do that. Does anybody else do that? Like five people? I'll never tell who this is because the person's here today, but they were driving in front of me and they were doing something and I honked the horn at them. Then I saw who they were. And I backed off, and I turned, and I said, I'll never do that to my wife again. <laughs> no, I didn't, I, it wasn't her, but I, I, you know, we've got to watch what we do. We've got to be forgiving. God looked at him and said, listen, you are my son. He looks at me and he says, you are my son. When we look at the manger, God let his only son be born on this earth for us. And he forgives us and he forgives our sins and he died on a cross for us. Amen. And it's Christmas. And aren't you thankful that God's a watching God? See, some people look at it and say, I don't want God to watch me. I sure do. Amen. I want God to be a part of my life. Yeah, amen. I want God to forgive me. And the last one on this is God is a God of justice. Find my clicker. I don't know what to do with it. God is a God of justice. You say, where do you get that from this story? Look at the very end. Now, I, I want to say this to you before we read this. The second son was no better than the first son. We always exemplify who he was. Yeah, he stayed there, but he didn't even love his own brother. You ever looked at it that way? He didn't even love his own brother. Could care less about his brother. Didn't want to hear about his brothers and brother and did not want to go to a party for his brother. Amen. Look what it says. It says in verse number um, 28, it says, And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. He's going to break his arm patting himself on the back. But as soon as this, 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 thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, he's pointing out the sins to him, he says, Thou hast killed for him and the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art that son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You know what he's saying with that? The inheritance is yours. He gets no more. He just gets to become my son. 
There's, there's when, the, when something happens in your life and you make a wrong decision, there's consequences for it. Amen. Because we have a just God. And so when you look at these things, what do you see? Son, thou art ever with me and all that is, I have is thine. The, the lost son's decision cost him dearly. So let's look at this last part. Let's go back to this. Decision set directions. I want you to look at these, these stories one more time. Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 15, and we're done. And we're going, to look at, we're going to look at Matthew, and then we're done. I want you to see this. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 15, go back to the Christmas story, and I want to talk to you about some decisions that they made. Luke chapter 2, and verse 15. And it came to pass, as angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, what, what is the thing they say? Let us now go. All this happened, and they went. At this point in their life, guess what? They had to make a decision. Amen. Are they going to go or they're not going to go? You say, well, why wouldn't they go? I don't know how far they had to travel. Can you tell me how far they had to travel? We've talked about this. We don't know if they brought their sheep with them or they got another person to watch their sheep. There's a lot of things they had to do. They were common people. They didn't have a lot of money. If they had to travel any distance, and they, they were in the same area, I understand that, but if I said, I want you to go to Kingsport and I'll meet you at Home Depot, let's start walking, that's a long way, praise God. And not only that, I want you to take all seven of my dogs and walk them beside you with no leashes and see if you can get them over there. Good luck with Rose. You know, as I, as I, as I look at this, this is an amazing story that they, they said, listen, let us go now even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. That's a decision. Look at verse number 16. They make another decision and they came with what? Haste. We're not going to slow down. We're going to go see what's going on with it. This is a decision we've got to make. Let's go. Let's go see this babe lying in a manger. Verse number 17, it says, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Here their decision was set the direction of where they're going. And look what it says. It says, And all that they heard it wandered at those things which were told of them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, let me tell you about a decision. If you don't make the right decisions, you'll miss some of the blessings. And I don't know of anybody that's missing the wrong, wrong, right decisions. I'm just saying, in my life, I want God to direct those. Amen. Look at this last verse in verse number 15. It says this. It says, um, I'm sorry, verse number 20. And the shepherds returned, what's the two words? Glorifying and praising God. They weren't complaining about the trip. They weren't complaining about where, where the baby was, how far they had to go, what they had to do with the sheep. They were praising God and glorifying God for what they saw. Amen. And it was all because of the decision they said, let's follow it. Let's follow it. Let's follow these angels that told us to be there. I wonder how many times they, they had told this story to people. Would you tell the story? If it was you? I wonder how many times they heard stories about Jesus and they said, listen, we met him when he was a child. And they would say, well, what are you? I was just a shepherd at the time. Just a common folk. But I made a decision to go there. Amen. They never regretted that decision which set them in motion with their direction to meet the Christ child. Amen. You know what I like about the story? Is they were just common people. They didn't have much money. They didn't have anything. And yet God chose them to be an encouragement to Mary and Joseph. 
Let's look at the last story. Matthew chapter 2. Turn to that for me real quick. Matthew chapter 2 and we're done. Matthew chapter 2 verse 9. 9 through 14 says this. When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. What I think is interesting about this is Herod. They weren't impressed by Herod, but they sure were impressed by a star they saw. Amen. They could care less who this Herod was. <laughs> I want to go see the star. You know, I'm going to go see this child that we've, that we've, we've ser searched out and searched out and searched out. Keep reading. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I truly still believe that they gave him those gifts so that they could travel and they'd have the money to go. Because right after this, guess what? They leave. He was a carpenter. He didn't make much money. Joseph was. Keep reading. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their, their, country, their own country another way. Verse 13, it says, And when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a, in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child and destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother back by night and departed into Egypt. Go back to verse number 12. Look what it says. They had to make a decision, and God tells them in a dream that they should not return to Herod, and they departed another way. You know, all the expenses they had on that trip, and I, have, I expect it was a long trip. I, we, we say there's, I, I don't believe there was just three kings. I think there were many kings. I think there were many wise men traveling. I think that's why it scared Jerusalem. I think that's why Herod was threatened. Thought, look at all these wise men with, these, with this entourage coming in and wanting to see this baby Jesus that I don't know anything about, but I know through, through, my through the magicians and the scribes that were there and the priests that were there, they told him, hey, he's in Bethlehem. Amen. And so he knew he was there. But these wise men, they weren't impressed by who Herod was. But when they saw a little toddler, a two-year-old baby, how old's Lily? When she walked in here, did anybody have the urge just to fall down and worship her? Think about that statement. These guys were well-respected, well-educated, wealthy men that when they saw the child at the house, they fell down and worshiped her. I can say this to you. They didn't regret that decision one time when they saw the child. Amen. They didn't withhold what they brought to the child. They delivered what they brought to the child. And they were on a mission from God because they followed the decisions that God had for them. I'm going to ask you one simple question. I've asked two people in this room this question. How big is your God? Amen. I want to read a verse to you. I've never seen this before. And I've read this verse many times. This is Wagner philosophy, and I want you to see it. Might be true, might be not, might not be, but I want you to see this verse. Go to verse number 12. How big is your God? Because when I read, I've read this story numerous times. I'm going to read it, and you could probably finish the story. It says, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, 
they departed in, into their own country another way. You say, what in the world is he going to say about that verse? How many wise men were there? We don't know. Why do we say three? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's the gifts they gave. Hmm. So what's different about this verse? How big is your God? Read it one more time. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. My God's pretty big. Because when I read this, I think God could do it and he's the only one that could do it. How many of them had a dream? Did one? You can read it as one. But the Bible says they. Let me show you. This gives me chill bumps to show you how much God, how big God is. My personal opinion is, and some of you are really looking at it right now, is that they all had the same dream. Now, I want to tell you something more would happen in my house. My, I had a dream about my wife when we were on a vacation. We dreamed we were on a vacation. And I woke, woke up and she woke up and I, I'd say, honey, you will not believe this dream I had. I had a dream we were, we're on our 30th anniversary we were going to Mount Rushmore. Never been there before. Hopefully it'll still be intact. Amen? Amen. We're going to go to Mount Rushmore. If I woke up and said, hey, I had a dream we went to Mount Rushmore. And, we, and I told her, and she said, I had the exact dream. That would never happen. But my God's big enough to show these wise men that they all need to leave and they all need to go a different way. Amen. How big is your God? I read it, that's what I get. You might read it and say there was one guy that had it and he told everybody else. I read it and it says they watched this and it says they. As I look at that, I think, man, our God is a great God. And you know what he wants us to do? He wants us to make decisions and make the correct decisions at the correct time and follow God's will because it sets a direction of where we're going. Amen. What's he doing for you? As he did with the wise men, as he, did with the, as, as he did with the shepherds, he sure does love them, doesn't he? And he gave an option to follow those decisions. And I will say this, and I'll end it with this. He knew who the wise men were. And he knew who those shepherds were. He knew the shepherds would listen. He knew the wise men would listen. Amen. He knew it was not going to be easy on the shepherds. He knew it wasn't going to be easy on the wise men. But he chose the ones he wanted, and they ended up seeing God. And they never had a regret for seeing this Jesus in the manger. Amen. Or seeing this Jesus at the house. Aren't you thankful for decisions you make, and you know you're right in the center of God's will? God sure is good, isn't he?